the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. You know I'm a bad girl. Every night of the week, especially Taco Tuesday, and even more when it is Super Tuesday of primaries. At least uh, that's what the billing was today because there were some really key races happening across the country, and we actually do have some results in on some primaries. And who says you can't have fried chicken on election night? I know, right? Who says you can't have fried chicken on a Tuesday? You know, especially if it's yummy and it makes you feel all good. Um, that leads me, of course, y'all know that means that I got my buddy Brian Maloney from Red Wave America joining me now to talk about uh, some of these important races happening in Arizona tonight, Missouri. We've got Michigan happening. Um, welcome to back to the show, my dear friend. I'm already seeing results out of Missouri. It looks as though Eric yeah. Schmidt, um, yep. as opposed to Eric Greitens, um, is the declared winner. Your thoughts on that race? Yeah, so that was a weird one, Andrea, because as you may have seen, uh, both Eric's, Eric Greitens and Eric Schmidt, who appears to be the winner, the latter Eric Schmidt, were both claiming the Trump endorsement yesterday. Did you see all that confusion about it? I did. Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. And let's, let's discuss that with the listeners because um it it was kind of confusing to me and i know we've got so many trump supporters that listen to the show and don't like it you know when we criticize trump but here's what's here's what went on in in missouri um uh, eric eric schmidt is the is well respected even by a lot of maga people attorney general but he is he so he's he's well loved by a lot of people in the maga movement well known by some some good friends of mine you got eric greitens who was the former governor who was run out of office evidently on some some scandals um but and then um but he's also well loved particularly by maga and um in the in the late hours and trump kept there was a lot of pressure on trump you know eric greitens is is going hard for you on on election fraud and all all things maga and there was a lot of pressure on trump to endorse uh, Greitens in my yeah. what I heard that what happened over the weekend was some people from his close to him in his circle were friends with Schmidt and tried to put put a bunch of pressure on Trump. There was so Trump was getting pressure from both sides. So instead of just picking a winner, uh, picking and endorsing one of them, he just said, hey, go vote for Eric, whichever one you choose. <laughs> Which is one of the most insane moments in political history. Yes. He just said, go vote for Eric. Uh, I can't remember if that was the exact language. Yes. But, Eric so, in yeah, bold letters. They both have the, yeah, they both have the first name Eric. So, I mean, you know, so then 
So then both candidates jumped on that and said, hey, he endorsed me, he endorsed me. And then they were all screaming at each other, the supporters of one side or the other, saying, no, he met this Eric, not your Eric. And Dan Bongino <laughs> and people stepped in and said, no, he met Eric Schmidt. And then there were other people saying, no, he met Right. And so I think you're right. I think what he did was he punted on that. Yeah. I, trying to say is there are two good people here, um, two good Eric's. But, you know, earlier polls had Greitens, uh, you know, like a couple months ago had him way ahead. But then the final polls that came out in the last year or two did not show that. They showed Eric Schmidt far ahead. So something went on in Missouri that obviously uh, shifted that. But the bottom line here is, to me, I think it's a better move for the Republicans to not have to relive whatever it was that went on in, in Greitens' background. Uh, that was a pro- I know there was some sense that maybe he was vindicated or maybe some of it wasn't true. Well, what but, happened was what yeah. happened was in the middle of his divorce, um, his his soon to be ex-wife or I'm not sure if the, I don't remember if they're officially divorced now and it's a child custody dispute. But she made some of the most scurrilous ac- accusations that you can make right. against someone. And evidently there was evidence that came out that those allegations were trumped up and, and were actually a part of a smear campaign orchestrated by Mitch McConnell. And that's when yeah, people so, were like, whoa, that's when his numbers went back up because people were like, okay, this is, this is the establishment coming for him. He's the real deal MAGA. But then when I started hearing that Eric Schmidt was a good guy and that he well respected by MAGA, then, you know, we don't need, you know, it, it, it unfortunately, Greitens is so tainted at this point that I just feel like he's got too much baggage and you know I think and I think that Trump knew by punting that he was basically going to assist Schmidt yeah so that so in the end I don't know that I'm going to criticize Trump on this one I think he was under a lot of pressure and he just was saying in a manner of speaking in a joking way there are two good candidates here pick one Eric or the other And that made it simple enough. But, you know, do do you want to spend the next three months and, you know, 20, 30 million dollars spending off attack ads against Greitens? That's money that could be spent in another race winning somewhere else. I mean, do you really want to be defending your position in Missouri, which is a solid red state that we shouldn't have to worry about? Mm. We've got a lot of states to worry about. I, I hope you'll want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, here. Yeah, because we've got a lot of races that I'm, I'm kind of worried about right now. So, you know, let's let's focus the money on on those. But also, you know, I want to see some real fight from the RNC. Uh, and I'm not seeing that so far at the national level. So no. those are things that are really bothering me about this. We had some good victories tonight. You know, John James is running for a house seat now in Michigan. The guy has had races stolen from him. I mean, this guy is a solid candidate, solid person for us. Uh, let's hope he can finally get elected. You know, this will be his third try. And he's not running for Senate this time. <clears throat> you know, a house seat would be fantastic for this guy. And then he can move up from there. So, that's something that we've seen tonight. Um, well, yeah. hold on, though. Before we, yeah, but you, you actually, I, I want to get back to Greitens for just a moment. I hear what you're saying about yeah. Missouri. I think that I think that the feeling from so many in MAGA is that we're not buying this. This um, so many of us are not buying this establishment thing of oh, the red wave is coming, and all we need is an R after the name. We understand exactly. that even if we take control, we're not going to accomplish anything with a bunch of Mitch McConnells and a bunch of Ben Sass 
successes. We need f- true fighters that are going to actually go in there and actually do something. And I think that in spite of people's yeah. betr- uh, uh, in spite of people's respect for Schmidt, they felt that Greitens was going to be the fighter, and that 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 it's no longer just a win anymore to have an R. And you're and, and so I'm glad to hear you say that. You know, we, we we've got to be concerned about what's going on going into these midterms. Uh, speaking of Michigan, it looks like Tudor Dixon has won the primary yeah. there. Um, I yeah. haven't really been paying close attention to there. I mean, I've I know her on the periphery because she was with Real America's Voice, my friend Gina's outlet. I'm actually surprised yeah. that she's actually pulled off the primary win. What do you know about her surge at the end beyond more than just the Trump endorsement? Well, I mean, I think that Trump endorsement was everything. I've been following her on Twitter for a while. I've been seeing her kind of build a support base. And I think that maybe the voters just saw that as, you know, the person to take on the worst governor in the history of the world, uh, which is what Michigan has. I mean, I hate to say, you know, you know, like the competition she has in Gavin Newsom and some other people, but I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, Michigan probably wins the prize for the worst current governor on the planet. And so, you know, maybe they see her as the one that can take her on, but I mean, you know, it's hard to say from here. I mean, she seems to be young and energetic. She's out there campaigning really hard. So, you know, whether the Republicans put any money into this race, I have no idea, but well, I think they yeah, should. I I, they absolutely yeah, should, because tell. we need governors. We need solid governors. And the thing about Tudor Dixon is her style is very different from a Carrie Lake. But there's something about yeah. your skills being honed sitting in the anchor seat and doing media. And yeah. um, oh, yeah. and she's and she's got that communications and media background as well as as well as it forces you to understand the issues and study the issues and so and study what's going on and be able to articulate a position so i think that that's been good for her as well i saw a little bit of, of a debate that she had recently and she just really held her own and she she's got a she's got a quiet confidence about her that i like i mean she's carrie lake is more like me personally you know i'm more like a loud mouth type you know who you know let me get in your face she's not in your face like i am well, you're a talk show host. <laughs> true she's more news anchor and i'm more talk show host right um, but uh, I never ran for office, you know, <laughs> I, I couldn't either. I'm too loud. I'm too I'm too honest. You know, I I don't I have make. Yeah, I would I would make too many people angry. I, I've never run for anything and I never will. What do you Never. think? Right. Well, me neither. I mean, I, I'm I'm happy to, you know, sit here and push on, on the mic my positions. But, you know, um, uh, there, there's no I'd crash and burn. I wouldn't make it past the first week. Um, so, okay. Well, I That's don't know tr- about that. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. But. All right. No, but then uh, there's the issue of being in California. So, oh, yeah. you know, that, yeah. That, you know, I, I'm completely right. I'm completely unelectable here. I would have to go somewhere. I would have to go somewhere far more red, um, like maybe down somewhere. Like Louisiana. I'd have to go down in Louisiana. <laughs> I'd have to go back down there and, you know, and buy votes by offering ca- crawfish to people. Down. <laughs> hey, those crawfish are pretty tasty. They you know? are. And I make the best yes. crawfish pie you've ever had in your oh, life. Oh, I'll bet you I do, do my bet. dear. All right. Now you stick around. We're going to take a, a tiny little okay. break. I'm not not letting Maloney go right. anywhere. I don't care if he tries to leave. Don't you know? We'll just call him back and harangue him till he till he gets back on the line. Because I want to talk about Arizona. That's the real state that I'm concerned about. Because it used to be so goes Ohio. Now I think it's so goes Arizona. 
And we're going to talk about that with Brian Maloney from Red Wave America when we come back. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Continuing our discussion on this Super Tuesday, this Ultra MAGA Tuesday primary elections. Hey, who, who, uh, nobody, I don't think anybody out there, at least not my listeners, has forgotten how important Arizona is. There was a reason why Fox News had to call it first before anybody else way, way, way too far in advance. Same Fox News that's, uh, got a ban on Trump right now. So all eyes are on Arizona tonight as we look at some, some key congressional races there, as well as the governorship of Miss, uh, Miss Carrie Lake. The, it's, and it's quite the duel. This is how important it is to, to the uniparty system. System to keep Arizona in the hands of the Uniparty is that Mike Pence went and, went and endorsed the Rhino Robson or Robson there running for governor is the establishment candidate and Trump endorsed Kerry Lake. So um, Brian Maloney, Red Wave America, I'm not seeing any results. I'm not sure if the, I, I think the polls have closed or maybe they're still open. I thought they were closed by I'm now. I'm not seeing any Arizona yet. So we may have to just go on, you know, what we've got here. But the thing is, is that, you know, you're up, when you mentioned Arizona and what Fox News did, that ultimate betrayal on election night 2020 of calling Arizona uh, ridiculously early before anyone had any idea what was going on there and something that they are still very defensive about. Mm-hmm. And it did lead, absolutely, it did lead to what you alluded to a moment ago there, and that is the three month long so far to date ban on Trump on Fox there at the de facto ban um, on Fox against Trump. And so I don't know, I'm sure that you saw the photos the other day of Tucker Carlson and Trump palling around. You know, they were wonderful photos. Um, I posted them in a whole bunch of places. I'm, you must have seen those, Andrea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, so what I'm, I'm telling everybody who will listen is that that is Tucker's way of thumbing his nose at Paul Ryan uh, and Lachlan Murdoch and yeah. even maybe Rupert Murdoch and, and everybody, every other clown inside the management up the ladder at Fox saying, you know what, uh, you want to ban Trump? Well, I'm going to go have, you know, I'm going to go hang out with the guy and take pictures and have him plastered all over the media. <laughs> Tucker did that to antagonize the idiots that are ruining Fox right now. And a lot of people didn't understand that when I was saying it, people were not, you know, what, what is this about? What is, you know, what's with Tucker and Trump hanging out like this uh, and taking pictures of it for everybody? No, it was a message Mm -hmm. sent to the Murdochs to Paul Ryan, uh, you know, get your act together because if Trump does come back, Fox is going to be really, really Sorry. Well, yeah, and they and there's not much they can do with Tucker because he's their cash cow. Exactly. They they can't touch Tucker because he is bringing in the ratings, he's bringing in the revenue, and he's doing it by maintaining an independent voice by yes. you know speaking for the people. Where the others on Fox, unfortunately, including people I've known personally for years, sadly. Uh, inside Fox, who are now a bunch of mouthpieces for the Uniparty and yeah. for the establishment, people who I'm pretty sure know better. I don't know, you know. Well, it was shocking problem, to see. Know. It was shocking to see text messages from Hannity 
that it was telling Trump just offer to pardon Hunter Biden, you know, to get this January 6th thing behind you. The fact that the fact that Hannity would even consider a backroom deal that would involve covering up. And, you know, I mean, you know, when when you've spent four years talking about your new tagline for your show is hold them accountable, uh, you know, come on, you know, it's the fact that anybody still listens to him is astounding to me. Here is some results the polls in Arizona closed at seven. Oh, good. CNN uh, projected is projecting right now. The only thing they're projecting is incumbent Democrat Mark Kelly will win the Democrat nomination for Arizona Senate seat. What I found interesting about him, besides the fact that he rode the coattails of Gabby, um, isn't that yeah. isn't that uh, Gabby Gifford's husband? Right. Is that he can yeah. he, they the reason why the Biden administration had to come out last week. And talk about how the, they're building the wall in Arizona is because the only way Mark Kelly was going to because he put the pressure on them because he knew that he was dead, dead in the water in Arizona unless they unless they started, right. uh, you know, getting back to building on that wall. Yeah, but I don't know that that will help Mark, Mark Kelly. You know, some people are saying they don't think Mark Kelly is in particular trouble. But the thing that I find interesting is that Mark Kelly votes with the far left, with the extreme left on every single piece of legislation, whereas uh, Kirsten Sinema uh, is far more independent. And she's not up for reelection this year. She's got a couple more years. Yeah. So, you know, she sees the writing on the wall and has for quite a while. I mean, yeah, she sides with them most of the time, but sometimes she doesn't. And this week in particular, she may end up going against them because of that that crazy deal that Schumer cut with uh, the West Virginia Senator Manchin and left Cinema out. So, I mean, that, so if Cinema sees that, but Mark Kelly thinks he can just be the lapdog for Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer, and, and, you know, coast to victory. I mean, it's very interesting that there hasn't been more focus by the GOP on that extremely winnable race. So we'll see what happens there. But I think that one can be picked off oh, yeah. more easily than a lot of states, but you don't hear about it very much. I agree. We're talking to Brian Maloney from Red Wave America. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was a, it was a Hail Mary. It was a desperation play yeah. that Mark Kelly's having to beg for a wall to be built. And to me, if I'm a Democrat voter... Or, or any kind of voter in Arizona, I'm like, okay, so now after two years of four million f- uh, flooding us uh, during the Biden administration, suddenly now you, you recognizing that we need to seal the border? Suddenly now well, walls yeah, are not, are not a racist? Yeah, you're closing the barn doors, but the cows are five miles away yeah. at that point. You know? Yeah, it just shows um, it shows what a hypocritical are... liar he is and, yeah. you know, how he's just a political animal. And so, you know, I, I think he should be in trouble. Any thoughts on what you're any anything using your many years of working in campaigns? You want to give a you want to give a crystal ball, yeah. give us a Karnak on Carrie yeah. Lake versus Robeson? Oh, 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 that one. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping that Lake can pull this off. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I hope we get some news in a few minutes here. I don't want to go too far on a limb, but in, in terms of, I mean, I think she would be a really strong candidate if she can get through tonight. So, I mean, I don't think a Mike Pence endorsement is worth anything either. But, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but I did, I do want to talk about some of the other races okay. going on if you, yeah, yeah because I'm really alarmed. Andrea, by 
the uh, what I'm hearing about the Oz campaign. Yes, you know, I haven't. Were, ha- yes, tell everybody what's yeah. going on. Last I heard, he was down well, nine points, and it was like, oh, he was going to be the electable guy. Same old playbook, name recognition. Yeah. You know, he, he was going to be so beloved, he was going to walk away with it instead of them going McCormick. And here we are. Well, and that's exactly what happened. And it was the same people at Fox that you and I were just talking about a couple of minutes ago who pushed Oz on everybody out of thin air when he didn't need to be in that race. And now, you know, he won that primary by a hair. I don't even know how he did that. Uh, I mean, it came down to just the final few votes. He wins that primary. And now he's limping along into the general. He's barely been campaigning. There have been stories in the last week about people being alarmed, especially the people who pushed his name in the first place, saying, Oz, where are you? He's Mm -hmm. been out of the country a lot of the time. He was in Ireland for a while. I mean, it's like, we're three months from election day, Oz. What are you doing? And not only that, but he can't really articulate why he's in the race, why he wants to be senator, what he's really pushing. There's nothing going on. And then Fetterman, who was the guy that was supposedly so vulnerable because he had a stroke and everything, is out there bashing the you-know-what out of Oz every single day on social media and getting a lot of momentum out of that. And the result is polls showing Fetterman now 10 points ahead of Dr. Oz, who was supposed to be the wonder boy of this election cycle. But you and I never believed it for one minute. You and I, from the very beginning, knew it was fraudulent. Uh, I wish that Trump had not endorsed Oz. And that was such a mistake. But that came from Hannity. That came from some clowns at Fox. uh, And that's how we got into this mess. So now, you know, we probably lost that seat. A completely winnable race. Blown by, you know, I don't know why anybody's still watching Fox, other than if you want to watch Tucker. I don't know why anybody still has the channel on. I I don't either. I don't either. And um, I have not had that channel on. No. Since I, I, I didn't even see it when they called it for Arizona. I have not had that channel on since since that despicable, disgusting debate. It wasn't even a debate with Chris Wallace. Who, um, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and, and what he did when uh, uh, particularly in the moments in which Trump is trying to bring up Hunter Biden. And then after the debate, Lachlan Murdoch coming over with a glass of champagne for him. And it's yeah. just absolutely I have not had them on my TV and I will not because I'm not going to support. I'm not going to partner in any way. And let me tell you, as much as I like Tucker's yeah. work, any second you put your eyeballs on that network. Oh, I only watch it for Tucker. And you know what? You're keeping you're keeping them alive, and they are a force that is a part of the attempt to destroy this country. They are trying to destroy our country. Bit, yeah. Paul Ryan funded everything Barack Obama wanted. He is a globalist. He is no. There's no daylight between Paul Ryan yeah. and Barack Obama. There's no daylight Absolutely. between Paul Ryan and you think of the most and AOC. Quite frankly. Yeah, no, there isn't. I mean, Paul Ryan wakes up every day and wonders how he can hurt working people. Yeah. Just the same way AOC and all the socialists do. He's a safe, but he's an establishment elitist. Um, but, you know, what is at the end of the day, he votes with the socialists. They are all doing the same horrible things to us. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the situation that we're in today. Uh, you know, where we're running out of cable outlets to watch. We really don't have much anymore. And yet, Look at, you know, look at how winnable most of these races are for us because so many people are disgusted with high prices, with inflation, with shortages. They can't afford energy, you know, can't afford to gas their car. Now they're worrying about jobs. 
Uh, they're worrying about rents and mortgages. Yeah. And Brian, would you agree that Republicans it? are just missing an opportunity here at really getting out some solid messaging? Yeah, and the, that's what the message should be. All the things that just talked about, except adding, closing the border, uh, you know, the border they should be pounding away on. They're not even talking about it most of the time. So the other one I want to mention to you guys is this Herschel Walker business in yeah. Georgia. Yeah, I played the clip. I, you know, I played the clip yeah. of, you know, I mean, the left is going hard after him. And, you know, oh, yeah, they and, knew that would happen. And, and yeah. And, you know, there's not they I don't think the Republican Party is supporting that race. I don't know if he's no. strong enough to go up against Warnock, who's starting to gain steam. And here's Warnock, who got a, who basically got busted for using campaign finance, campaign money to pay personal bills. And we're yeah, still yeah. and we're still losing against that, dude. Well, that's it. Warnock, is, Reverend Warnock is a very, very weak candidate who never should have become U.S. senator. No. It's almost certain that he was placed there by fraud. Um, but this time he may win for real if this, you know, this Walker thing doesn't get turned around. And the GOP, as you said, isn't working very hard at it. I don't know why the Republicans lost their ability to run races in Georgia, a state that they used to win handily. Mm-hmm. And some people have said, yeah, well, a lot of people moved to Georgia, whatever. I don't believe it. I don't, not for one second. I think Georgia is as conservative as ever. Yes. But you've got to have, you know, yeah. So some people did move to the Atlanta suburbs from California or whatever, but not like you've had happen in Nevada or Arizona. No, not at I all. Know. I got family all in that uh, area. And, yeah. No, it's not like that. I got family in that no. area and the ones and in, in, in Yali and I'm down there a couple times a year and it is solidly conservative. So this is a situation to where the Republican Party is handing over the state, not unlike what happened here in California. It's just, you know, over, you know, over time, just little by little, the Republican Party uh, at the the top levels is just, you know, I mean, you look at what what happened in Georgia when we had the Senate runoff in January of 2021. You had Ronna McDaniel collect $400 million to fight elections and then did nothing about the election integrity issues in Georgia and then skipped yep. off on vacation when we had the Senate runoff and the power and uh, control of the Senate was hanging in the balance. So the uh, yeah, Republican and, Party... And we don't know where the, yeah, we don't know where that money went. Nope. We don't know where it went. It's certainly not going to help Herschel Walker win this race. No. I'm, I'm past the point of a, uh, of a break. I need to let you go. I was hoping we'd have an yeah. announcement as to... Uh, um, Carrie Lake and uh, her rate. We might not hear about that for a while because let me tell you, they're doing everything they can to try to stuff ballots, hide ballots, find dead people that they can in order to keep her in order to keep her from cactus voting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They are. All right. Brian Maloney, Red Wave America. Love you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay. Stay tuned, peeps, because we're going to. The, the scourge, the spread of the donkeypox, document uh, uh, Democrat control over our lives under the guise of public health. That do- the donkeypox is spreading, and even here in San Diego, and we're going to share that news with you when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her. Don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Oh, it's an emergency. It's an emergency. All over everywhere. Today, San Diego County declared an emergency <laughs> over the monkeypox. We got 46 cases. We have 4 million citizens in How San Diego County. How insane is that? We have 46 cases, and this is an emergency. 
They held a press conference today to talk about 46 people got a virus. Monkeypox. You know, I'm sure it's very uncomfortable. We there's only been around the globe five deaths from this. And those were all in Africa. Forty six people have a non deadly virus in San Diego County and they've declared an emergency. Forty six people. I'm trying to wrap my head around why. I mean, we know why they're doing it, Andrea, for the power as always. But this logistically makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense couple things at play here first of all i have been vocal for many many years about um national responses to local emergencies it is never the taxpayers responsibility in iowa to have their taxpayer dollars used to go rebuild a home in the outer banks in north carolina that was destroyed in a hurricane or a flood it's just not i we should have never had fema the Federal Emergency Management Association. We should not be federalizing emergency relief. Every Almost every issue that we have going on, and the reason why we're $30 trillion in debt, is federal emergency relief. And now, and that's, and, that, and that's one of the reasons why you have all these local, every time there's a fire, oh, we've got to declare a state of emergency because that's how they then tap into funds at the national level. It's all about the money. It's all about the money and power. Because then they can take that money and hand it out to people and use it to manipulate the voters and buy votes. That's ultimately what it's about, right? So now, of course, and then also when it comes to public health, of course, we know that part of the issue here is that they've got to continue to um, they've got to continue to um, push the narrative that your health is something that the government's in charge of. And so you got to look to them and know oh, we got a virus going around. So, you know, the government's got to come and have a press conference and start getting involved. And that's that's the road that we went down stupidly under COVID. Right. So now here we have it. We've had California, Illinois and New York declare states of emergency. OK. And then within that, California was yesterday within that San Diego County today on that alone. And I think we've got now a total of about 5000 cases nationwide we now have a federal director to lead the national response to the donkeypox. Yep. Skins, please play clip six. Let's turn now to the growing monkeypox outbreak. The White House announcing today a top FEMA official will now be the administration's monkeypox response coordinator. This comes as states like California and Illinois are declaring states of emergency about the outbreak, a step taken by New York City just this week as well. Yeah. So, you know, basically what these Dems did was say, hey, you know, Joe Biden, you want to get in on this here? You want to get on this here? You know, let's let's take this national. Let's take this national. So that's what they're trying to do. A national for a, a national coordinator to do what? It's like it's like, okay. so in San Diego County, what they're going to do is ask for vaccines. Why do you need to declare a a state, a a countywide emergency for that? Just get on the phone and ask for some dang vaccines from somewhere. Talking about this pre-show. okay? if there are cases in San Diego, we you know that that's established. Get the amount of vaccines you need. It's not that hard. Right. This is not a virus killing people either, by the way. There is no emergency here. There's no emergency. And oh, by the way, I did not hear in the press conference today, maybe I missed it, but I didn't hear them talking about how behavior has to do with this. You know, um, when they had no information on the basis of zero information, they were telling you you weren't allowed to leave your home with COVID. They were telling you 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 had to do a face covering. 
We the face coverings on on transportation still exist in some parts in this country, and it would continue to exist on airplanes, but for a lawsuit that was filed in the state of Florida. Thank God. But think about that behavioral control. They put paint on the floor in grocery stores with arrows telling you you had to <laughs> you had to walk down rows a certain way, and they're not telling the community in which the outbreak is occurring. And there's a reason for that. They're not telling them anything about behavior. Come on now. We should be telling every American, okay, you don't want to say that it's related to a specific group. Okay, fine. Then tell everybody right now we got an outbreak going around. Don't have unprotected sex. No, it's like you and I also, again, all this pre-show talk that we do, it's that fear narrative. They don't tell people, then they think everybody, just like COVID, at the beginning has an equal chance of giving it and getting it, and they keep people in fear. Yep. Speaking of keeping people in fear and lying to people to manipulate, Dr. Burks, let's do a rewind. Back to Dr. Bad Teeth. Dr. Burks, and yeah, I'm going to say that because, you know, I, I just don't understand for the life of me why you're going to go around with bad teeth. You know, you're a public, you're, you're involved in public health. You know, how about you, how about you show people how to take care of your teeth, you know, which, which is a major problem for people. Um, and I mean that seriously. Take care of your teeth because you know what? Do you know that your gums are such a pathway to all different kinds of diseases, particularly heart disease? And yeah, you're, I actually learned that in the last couple of years. There's pretty much anything that can go wrong with your body. You can tie it to the gums. Right. And you're going to go around with bad teeth and you're going to try to tell other people how they're supposed to live their lives from public health. Don't don't be coming at me when you clearly haven't gone to the dentist in I don't know how many years and done anything about your teeth and tell me I got to wear a mask. No. Well, there's a, a national uh, pulse. Raheem Kassam is reporting today. Dr. Burks, who admitted COVID subterfuge in Trump's White House, says her go-to people were Jared Kushner and Mike Pence. Anybody surprised there? Anybody surprised? Mike Pence was continuing to hold, and I mentioned this at the time, in December of 2020, he was still holding COVID task force meetings with fraud Fauci and fraud Burks, knowing the lies that have been told to the American people, knowing lies, including the, the lies that resulted in the deaths of Americans by denying therapeutics that worked. Pfizer supposedly has come out with some new drug, by the way, that's a treatment that uses the same ingredient as ivermectin. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Ironic. I know, right? But, I, but ivermectin doesn't work, Andrea. Yeah. So uh, evidently she's admitted this uh, in her in her book, Dr. Burks has. Uh, that her connections to push pro-lockdown policies in the White House were Mike Pence and Jared Kushner. Um, I said from the beginning, early into the administration, that they were a problem. That Jared Kushner, Javanka, as they were called, were a problem. It was obvious. Um, Let's see what she had to say here. Um, Just as I knew that in a pandemic, getting people to change their behavior was very hard. Okay, so has Dr. Burks come out and said a statement about behavior leading to this monkeypox outbreak? I haven't heard it. haven't heard her. Uh, Just as I knew that in a pandemic, getting people to change their behavior was very hard. That was true of those shaping the pandemic response as well. Better to leverage those who could help me impact the response than those who resisted me. So she identified, as master narcissistic manipulators tend to be able to do, she identified Jared and Mike Pence. She said there was Jared and there was the vice president, and those two men would be my go-to people in the White House then and for the next nine months to move the pandemic response forward. And that tells you everything you need to know.
Somehow, I had to cut Dr. Scott Atlas off from any degree of influence he might try to exert on anyone short of the president, whether during my absence or while I was still there. Individually, I contacted Mark Short, Mark Meadows, and Jared Kushner. I communicated clearly to everyone I won't be any in any meetings any longer if Scott Atlas is present at them. If that means a meeting in the Oval Office, it doesn't matter. If it's at the task force, it doesn't matter. If it's at the COVID huddle, I don't want him there. She should have been fired. This is quite frankly treason. This woman assumed control over the entire United States, United States of America. She is directly responsible for the destruction of entire industries, the destruction of businesses, the destruction of jobs, the suicides, drug addictions, child abuse and death and deaths that resulted. And so is Jared Kushner and Mike Pence responsible. They equally as well. Never Mike Pence. Jared Kushner and Javanka are clearly out. They're seen nowhere in the Trump orbit. I believe they they wouldn't have any presence in, in, in an ongoing Trump administration, but they can't be if I'm going to, there must be a declaration that they're out for me to support Donald Trump in 2024. There I said it. There I said it. We're going to take a break. Who are y'all? Are y'all as obsessed with pickleball as what seems to be going on here like in pickles. San Diego? We had... We had a, a, an a, almost like a chop a chaz. The what was it? The autonomous zone. Uh, the 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 uh, the seizure of a community in Seattle. Uh, something kind of similar happened here in a tennis court club with some pickleball people, and we will share that with you when we come back because it's kind of got me kind of curious. Stay tuned. This is the Andrew K Show on AM eleven seventy. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Do you guys play pickleball? This has become like such a rage in San Diego. Like people are obsessed with pickleball. I don't even know what it is. I don't know either, but I remember one of my friends back east, their parents lived on one of those communities and they didn't have a tennis court. They had a pickleball court. 888-344-1170. If you play pickleball, I mean, can you help me to understand? Call me and let me know what is so like amazing about it instead of tennis. Because it has become so crazed. And we don't have a lot of San Diego County pickleball courts Not around. Um, but evidently, you can play on a tennis court. So I don't really know if you can play on a tennis court what the crisis is for all these pickleball people that are hysterical to the degree to where evidently these pickleball players, some pickleball players actually staged a takeover in Ocean Beach at the quote, the uh, Peninsula Tennis Courts. The cops had to be called. (laughs) The cops had to be called over pickleball. Can y'all tell me? I mean, seriously, I had a friend tell me the other day. I was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to take up tennis because I, I took lessons when I was a kid. I used to play all the Did time. You? Yeah, I love tennis. I even took, you know, even took, um, you know, tennis at LSU and I didn't play on the team, but I love tennis and I haven't I haven't played in, in many years. But somebody said to me the other day, well, I think you should take a pickleball. And it's like, why? What's the big thing about pickleball? Why would anybody leave tennis to go play pickleball? I didn't like badminton. You know, that to me, pickleball looks kind of like badminton. I don't really understand. So here's what happened. And to me, 
I was wanting to talk about it because to me, it's not just this story isn't just about pickleball. It's also to me about culture, how our behavior is these days, and also kind of about, you know, our rights as citizens. So these a bunch of pickleball players showed up this weekend. And of course, they had their cameras out and they go to this peninsula tennis court place and they barge in there and they say to and they walk past and go, oh, we're here to play, you know, on the courts, this whole group of them. So then the guy running the tennis court place comes out and he goes, um, um, okay, well, if you want to play, I need you to sign in, please, and pay, you know, to, to play on the courts. Well, he was going to let them play pickleball. He right? was going to let them play pickleball, but he's like, you need to sign in. And they're like, no. And then, you know, they refuse to sign in and basically create this this big, you know, ugly. Oh, see, this was a part of the story I missed pre-show. I thought that they weren't going to let them play. No, they said, well, you know, we need you to sign in here and, you know, pay. And they basically refused to do that, started creating a scene. Cops had to be called. And they're basically like, look, um, you don't have a you don't have a permit right now. This is city property. And so we're going to we're going to play and um to the degree to where the cops had to be called out and of course the you know the cops said you know um so then the the people who ran the tennis facility called the city and the city said well you've got a temporary one right now so the cops showed up here we have a crime wave going on in san diego county and across the state and this is this is how you roll you pickleball people they're making the police come over. They, and they, they have to know that the law enforcement's going to get involved. And that's well, taking away our resources. Well, taking away our resources because basically you want to make some big show about how you're some victimized group of pickleball people because I guess, I guess that's what this was about. And it rubbed me the wrong way because look, I agree with you, Skins. You were talking about it before the show. Yeah, but, but, but I changed my stance. Because, Wait. Yeah, public space, I get it. But if they're being offered, hey, as long as you pay, you can play, and then they just want to create a disturbance, that's not cool. Right. And there was uh, kids that had come there as part of their summer camp to play, and they had a, a, a tournament there. This, to me, was just a gross display of entitlement using the excuse of pickleball. This is why I think it's a cultural issue. Do I think these people are hardcore pickleball fanatics? Absolutely. But this was more about getting attention for themselves by claiming that they're victims, trying to pull some shenanigans on this tennis court for no reason, and it sucked the resources up, ruined people's weekend, and it's shame on you. And, you know, and, and I guess there's all issues going on in other parts of San Diego County, and it's like, look, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what's so great about pickleball that you become so obsessed that you're going to behave this Maybe way. Maybe it's fun. But this is a turnoff to me. This is a turnoff to me. Gives the sport it, a bad name. It, 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 well, it's turned me off to it. I don't want anything to do with y'all if this is this is how you roll, okay? If this is what's going on in the pickleball community. If they felt like somehow they that this city property wasn't being uh, extended to them, you know, properly, or they wanted to tap into it. Take it up with the city. Or call these people. That, go in and say, hey, we're part of pickleball. We, you know, we're here to pl- use your courts. We understand from the city that you don't have a permit. You have you to let us play. Be gracious about it. You don't storm in there like you're Antifa, like you're black. It was like a Black Lives Matter protest in the name of pickleball. You can keep your pickleball. I'm not interested. Okay. This is, this is, it left such a bad taste in, in my mouth. Okay. I'm on your side now, by the way. Thank you. I knew I could win you over. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. We've lost that in this country. We've lost it. You can tell me I'm wrong. we got a 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. We'll see you all tomorrow night on Hump Day. Peace out. Love you all.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.